It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Sunday, August 30th. Uh, most likely Monday, August 31st by the time you are listening to this. Uh, we got a great one for you today as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Smith versus Rakic, which of course took place on Saturday, August 29th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And what a great fight card it was. Uh, but before we get into that, just a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, the mailman is no longer the champ. He lost the uh, main card showdown to uh, Drew Peterson, the fireman. Uh, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. You know, I'm not going to make any excuses here. It was a four-fight main card, uh, which definitely did not play in, in the favor of me. Um, really doesn't favor... Whenever it's the four-fight, and we've had a couple of these four-fight main cards due to cancellations... Um, always very disadvantageous for the champion just because you know again I like my odds in in five to six fights on a main card but uh four anything can happen and uh, he got uh Drew got two 10 eights uh so that kind of just you know squashed uh any chance we had uh we did we did have the first 10 eight so there were multiple 10 eights to go around and we were sitting really pretty but the last couple of ones uh he picked perfectly he picked a racket by decision and uh, Magni by decision, so that really kind of screwed me. No, no lead would have been safe with uh, a 20 to 14 stretch. I mean, you're gonna lose pretty much every time uh, that happens. Um, so yeah, that sucks. That sucks. I've lost two of my last three, but you know, I still have the most wins with three. You know, and I have the longest. I hold all the records still, so you know, it's it's whatever. It's cute. It's cute. It's unfortunate. Uh, so he won 37-35. Uh, yeah, just just shitty. I wish that I wish that Ankalaev and uh, Kutalaba fight would have been on the card. I I still would have been down by two with the differential, but I mean you never know. I probably would have got a ten seven there because you know why not? I'm the mailman. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, but we fucking nailed the picks. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that much. And obviously we'll get into the the fights, all the fights. Uh, but we fucking nailed the picks, which is something we really, really needed. Like I was saying, we were on quite the cold streak. Uh, the last four fight cards, so pretty much the last month, three and five, seven and five, five and six, and four and five. So that's really fucking bad. For three of the four, uh, we, we were below 500 on our picks, which is embarrassing. But we went eight and two. Eight and two. So we, we boosted our percentage by an eighth of a percentage, which, you know, we're in August, so we've been doing this for, uh, actually, I think we go back to, no, we go, oh, we go all the way back to, to February, so, you know, for pretty much half a year's worth of, of picks, so, uh, it was, it was a great day for picking, I really needed that, um, kind of shocked me I did so well, like I said, we were shooting for seven, um, but we were, we were shooting for seven back when there were two more fights on the card, so it was a 12-fight uh, event and we were shooting for seven because we just wanted to be 500 but to go eight correct picks in 10 uh, that's that's very good 
one of the better performances we had picking fights um, all year. And, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's good for us. Uh, I think that's all the housekeeping I got to get to, so uh, we'll get right into uh, this recap here. So, obviously, in the main event, it was Alexander Rakic uh, with the unanimous decision victory over Anthony Smith. Um, I believe it was 30-27 on two cards, 30-26 on uh, the third judge's card. Uh, only a three-round main event because this was supposed to be the co-main event for the longest time. And um, they, they didn't, neither fighter, to my understanding, did, uh, wanted to uh, make it a five-round fight. Um, it was, it was kind of weird, I, I guess, talking about before the fight and it not being a five-round uh, event. Anthony Smith even conceded before the fight that the five rounds would have benefited him over Rakic. Obviously, it would have been tougher to do the five rounds. Uh, you know, I guess I guess your cardio, you got to work on that if you're going five rounds. But Rakic has never gone five rounds. Smith has. And Smith obviously has the experience advantage. And I, I, I kind of found that decision interesting because surely uh, Anthony Smith could have made it a five-round fight if he wanted to. Um, but just utter domination from Alexander Rakic. At no point in this fight was this even remotely competitive. Uh, I mean, really, from from the start to the finish, all 15 minutes were, were essentially dominated by Rakic. Obviously, the first couple of minutes, they were kind of kickboxing back and forth. But even in those exchanges, uh, they both landed some good leg kicks, but Rakic's leg kicks were just hellacious. His were uh, far more impactful, dropped Smith um, on, on that leg kick that kind of... It's kind of weird because... It was, it was a leg kick that hit both of his legs just due to the awkward stance of Smith. Um, so he got hit with two leg kicks um, in, in quick succession. The second one hit both. And, uh, yeah, really, really bad. So I guess I kind of want to start with Anthony Smith because he's probably the A-side in this. Obviously, he was a higher-ranked fighter um, coming into this one. Um, but what a, what a bad performance from Anthony Smith. Um, now, obviously... This is a guy who fights in, in a cage, so I'm not trying to sit here and... and in no way am I talking shit uh, when I'm saying that's a bad performance because um, obviously he had the balls to, to get in there and all the cliches that you don't need me to explain. Um, but that was really, really bad. Like, if you... Not not that his ember was so hot at the moment because obviously he's coming off of a, a brutal finish at the hands of Glover Teixeira, but... Boy, if you wanted to take any hype that Anthony Smith had and just pour a giant bucket of cold ice water on it, I mean, this was your performance. This was as bad as it gets. Um, and I, I kind of want to preface this by saying everybody who's in the top 15 in any division trains on the ground. They train standing up. Every, you know what I mean? Like, so when I, when I, but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is he got dominated on the ground like 12 minutes of control time in a 15-minute fight by a fucking kickboxer. Rakic is a kickboxer. Now, again, I understand that he's an MMA fighter. He has been for a while, so obviously he's trained on the ground before. It's not like Rakic was a guy who had no ground experience. But what I'm saying is everybody has ground experience in the UFC, certainly in the top 15. And, you know, Lionheart's a guy with, I think, 16 submission wins. You know, he's, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, and, and he just got grapple fucked by a kickboxer, um, which is really bad. It, you know, if he got finished on his feet or if, or if, you know, he got TKO'd or something, ah, fair enough. Cause Rakic is a, is a 
great striker. We obviously has a ton of power. He's fucking shredded. Uh, I don't believe he's 6'4". I think he's probably 6'5". Um, and, you know, he's the guy who murdered Jimmy Manoa in the cage. So there, there's no shame in, in getting finished by him on the feet. But to, to just be grapple-fucked by him, I mean, that's oh, that's that's such a bad performance. Um, I mean, that, that would be like Paul Daly and Jorge Masvidal were fighting, and, and Daly just grapple-fucked Masvidal. Like, you, you would go, what the fuck? That, that's incongruous. That doesn't even really make sense in my, in my head that that's an outcome that happened in a fight. Um... And I, I, I guess I could have seen this, I could have seen making this argument before, but I certainly can see it now. Um, I don't think Anthony Smith was ever that good. Now, when I say ever that good, obviously he's a guy who's ranked and fought for a title. I'm not saying he's a bum. He, he's, he's clearly a good fighter, but I guess I mean like an elite fighter, a great fighter. Um, and, and, and maybe people never thought that to begin with, but, you know, obviously, again, this was a guy who was number five in a, in a UFC division. He fought for a title. You know, for a, about a year and a half stretch, from about a year ago to two and a half years ago, the, the light heavyweight division was very shallow. Historically, it's been one of the deepest divisions, probably has been the deepest division in, in UFC history, but it was very shallow for this, this time period. And it was the exact time period that Lionheart Smith uh, rose to prominence and got his his title fight. Now, I don't know. I think he got very lucky. I think he got very lucky. I think he kind of cherry-picked his way. Not that he gets to choose his matchups, obviously, but the the matchmakers cherry-picked his way. Probably I'm not saying they did this uh, willingly. It might have just been how it turned out. But he had a very, very easy walk to the title. And you look at what he's done since losing the title. Yeah, I don't really know if he ever was that good of a fighter. So you beat Rashad Evans. You knocked him out. Uh, I think that was Rashad's final fight in his career. Uh, yep, that was his final fight. He was on a four-fight losing streak heading into that fight. Hadn't won in the UFC since 2013. Was coming off of two Split decision losses to Daniel fucking Kelly and Sam Alvey. So clearly a guy, obviously a big name because he was a former champ, but clearly a guy who is barely clinging to a UFC career at this point, and you beat him. Now, props to you because you managed to beat a guy who wasn't very good, and plenty of UFC fighters managed to beat fighters who aren't good, but you managed to beat one who used to be a former UFC champ. So there's more fame that comes with beating this guy, even though he, he lost it. Daniel fucking Kelly. Okay. Uh, then you knock out Shogun Hua in, in the main event in Germany. Okay. Well, I don't think he... Uh, actually, I guarantee he wasn't scheduled for that main event. I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be Shogun and Uzdemir. And Uzdemir fell out because I think he had, a, he had a felony somewhere or something. Or some legal issues or something. And uh, so... You get very, very lucky because you're on a card in Germany where they can't just fucking pull anybody to fight in the main event. You happen to be in the same weight class as as Shogun, and you, you beat an old man. You beat an old man who, at that point, is probably... And, and obviously, Shogun's still a tough fighter, and, you know, he, he's still been winning some fights lately. But you beat a guy who probably was six or seven years past his prime at that point, 
uh, which is an eternity in, in mixed martial arts uh, years. Then you beat Volkan Uzdemir. Now, that's a good win. Uzdemir was, uh, you know, a top five fighter at that point. Uzdemir is a good fighter. But I went back and watched that fight before uh, the, the, the main event on Saturday. Yeah, Smith got his ass beat for like two and a half rounds. Like, he got absolutely worked. And he managed to choke him out, which, fair enough, man, because it's not about who wins more seconds in a fight if you can get the finish. L- look at Paul, Gr- Paul Craig and Magomed Ankalaev. Ankalaev was winning... 14 minutes and 59 seconds of that fight, but he got choked out at literally the last second, so he's the loser. So that's a, I'm not taking anything away from that win from Smith. That's a, that's a that's a good win. That's a clear cut win because he choked him out, but he was getting his ass beat for the majority of that fight. Okay, uh, then you get worked by John Jones. Fair enough. Everybody gets worked by John Jones. I'm not gonna you know whatever man. Uh, you you choke out Gustafson. Now, that's a good win. That's a good one. So he has two good wins against relevant fighters who are somewhat in their prime uh, in Uzdemir and Gustafsson. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll be generous. They're both in their prime. Uh, obviously, Shogun and Evans were not. But, okay, two very good wins. Awesome. But also, let's not let's not forget, Gustafsson going into that fight with Smith, uh, he was 2-4, and 3-4 and four in his last seven fights. Like, Gus has lost a lot of fights since 2013, since that first title fight at 165 with John Jones. So let's let's not forget. Obviously, he's a good fighter, uh, but, you know, has a lot of losses recently. And by recently, I mean damn near for the last decade. Uh, then you get worked by a 40-year-old man in Glover Teixeira. You get your teeth knocked out. Uh, could Maybe you could have beat him. Maybe you could have beat him. Fair play. Glover's tough. Glover's a, a, a crafty veteran. And let's not forget, Glover was like, top shit a couple of years ago like when he was coming up to that title fight with Jones where he was like 22 and 2 like yeah a lot of people thought really highly of Glover but he's an old man and you gassed and then this one you just get absolutely worked yeah I I don't really know I don't really know I think if Smith would have been been as active and had the same performances but you shifted his his career forward about four years this is probably a guy who makes it to the number 10, number 11 uh, ranking in the light heavyweight division, but never never does anything from, from that point on. He's certainly a guy who deserves to be ranked uh, if, if the light heavyweight division was deep. He clearly deserves to be ranked as it stands right now. That's not my argument, but uh, yeah, I don't really think he's that good <laughs> when it comes to top-level fighters. Now, Rakic... That's an amazing performance, and I've seen a lot of people shit on Rakic for for how he fought this fight. Yeah, not really, man. Not really. Like, uh, oh, why didn't you go for the finish? Oh, boy, I don't know, because I'm fucking dominating this fight. Why the fuck would I change up what I'm doing? Smith should change up what he's doing. Smith should not get grapple-fucked and just beaten into oblivion. Um, Yeah, he... Dude, and I I also saw... um, I forget what it was. Maybe it was from Bloody Elbow or something, but just the generic, like, oh, pros respond to UFC Vegas 8 or whatever. And a lot of people were critical. A lot of people were critical. I think Reyes called it a boring main event. Yeah, maybe, but it was domination. Most of Usman's fights are boring, but they're fucking utter domination. Like, what do you what do you want? He beat him 30-26. He beat him every single round, every single second of the fight, and had a 10-8. Okay, I'm sorry it wasn't a Jimmy Manoa fucking head kick knockout in 48 seconds like 
P people are whatever. And I saw Mike, Mike Jackson. I saw Mike Jackson. I forget what he said, but just some dumb shit about it being a boring main event. Dude, you are infamous for having the most boring low-level fight in UFC history versus CM Punk. Like, I would just, in perpetuity, in perpetuity, I would just shut the fuck up. If, if ever there was a chance for me to criticize somebody for a boring fight, I would never open my mouth if I was Mike Jackson. One of the worst fighters to ever step in the UFC octagon. Could, Mike Jackson couldn't even finish CM Punk. So I would just never open my mouth about anything ever. But I think it was a very impressive performance. And to be honest, I think this performance is more impressive than his, his head kick knockout of Jimmy Manoa. Because, and I've said this about Usman before, and you could say the same thing about GSP. Guys who consistently win decisions, in my opinion, are better fighters than guys who get quick knockouts in the first round. Obviously, the most ideal night at the office is a Jorge Masvidal flying knee knockout of Ben Askren. But guess what? That's pretty fucking rare. But obviously, the, the ideal night at the office, office is a very quick round one KO where you take no damage and inflict as much damage as possible in a short amount of time. But that's pretty fucking hard to do. That's kind of why most people don't do it on a consistent basis. So, if... So, we'll take the, we'll, we'll take the Rakic fight versus Manawa and the Rakic fight versus Smith. Rakic was better than Jimmy Manawa for a single moment. So, there's, there's moments in fights. And fights are consist of, of several moments strung together. So, for that first minute moment... Rakic was better than Manoa. He knocked him out. Now, congratulations, because if you knock someone out in that moment, then there's no more moments in the fight because you finished it. But there were several moments. It's a 15-minute fight, and Rakic won every single moment of that fight. So that's more impressive. Kamaru Usman getting 25-minute decision victories, they might not be as exciting as a first-round knockout, but they're to be honest, statistically, they're more impressive because you are... You are winning every single moment. You're not just winning a single moment. You're stringing together consistently moments, uh, which is much harder to do. So, yeah, was was this Lawler versus fucking Rory McDonald too? Yeah, absolutely not. It wasn't very exciting, but it was a, a very dominant victory. It was very impressive. Not exciting. Two different things, two different words. You need to make a distinction. Now, uh, I guess we'll we'll update this throughout the show, um, you know, when, when it becomes relevant. So, um, in the light heavyweight division, obviously, we updated the rankings. Uh, Rakic is now at number five, and Anthony Smith is now at number eight. So, they were they, they flip flop spots, and Prohaska and Uzdemir at six and seven stay the same. So they they pretty much just flip flopped spots, uh, which I think is fair, which I think is fair. Um, also, a uh, little housekeeping here. We did take Daniel Cormier out of the heavyweight rankings just because I realized it might take a while for him to leave the USADA testing pool. And also, how the fuck would I know he left the testing pool because I don't have fucking access to USADA. Um, so we did, we pulled him out. So he was at number two. He retires. Everybody else moves up a spot. So it's now Blades, Rosenstrike, Lewis, Overeem, Dos Santos, Volkov, so on and so on. Um, Cyril gone goes from 15 to 14. Um, and then, um, moving into the 15 spot is Sergei Pavlovich. Um, 
very hard to find a number 15 heavyweight because heavyweights are not very deep. Uh, they've really never been that deep. So it's like, well, I could put Maurice Green in that number 15 spot, but he's on a one-fight winning streak. Like, it's really hard. Pavlovich, uh, he's there for now, but believe me, that could change at any time because, I mean, he he's not solidified in that number 15 spot. Honestly, uh, I'd keep an eye out for Tanner Bozier. I'd keep an eye out for him because he, he's stringing together wins, uh, and that's, you know, being active is going to help you a lot in the rankings. So moving on here to the co-main event, uh, it was a unanimous decision victory for Neil Magny over Robbie Lawler. Magny moves into second all-time for welterweight victories with 17, one behind GSP. Um, really boring fight. Was not interesting. Uh, bad news for Robbie Lawler. Uh, his last like four fights have been like the least competitive fights I've ever seen. Uh, this is very concerning. He's, I think, 36. Uh, I think his career's probably over. I, I don't know. I, it wouldn't shock me if he retires. Uh, oh, holy shit, he's 38. Uh, yeah, that's real bad. He's on a four-fight losing streak. Um, he has not won since 2017. Uh, so, I mean, it's been, it's been fucking a little north of three years since he's got a, a win in the octagon. Um, we moved him out of the rankings, which to be honest, he never should have been in the rankings. Cause again, he hasn't won in three years, but we had to pay him some respect. So, uh, Magni gets the win. We move him from 13 to 12, Jeff Neal from 12 to 13. And, um, Robbie Lawler, who was at 15, he goes to unranked and, I guarantee you the UFC is not going to do this. Uh, they'll put in like Lee Jian Ling or somebody. Uh, but when we were taking a look at the guys who were not ranked, when we were looking at who who should we put at that number 15 spot, uh, Muslim Salikov. Muslim Salikov is, is our number 15 ranked welterweight. We don't care about the hype. There's not a lot of hype around Salikov. But the rankings aren't hype rankings. They're about who's the best. Who's the best? So Salikov... He's deserving on the number 15 spot. The UFC is going to fucking butcher it. They're going to put some knobhead in there at number 15, but real ones, real ones need to look into it, and they'll realize Muslim Salikov uh, deserves to be at, at number 15. Um, but he'll never be ranked. He could win fucking seven fights in a row. He's never going to get ranked because, you know, he's just not the type of guy that's uh, very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say on the co-main event. It was just not competitive at all. Lawler got grapple-fucked. Um, I was rooting for him. I was rooting for Robbie, as probably most people were. Not that I have anything against Neil Magny, but yeah, just really, it, it, it reminded me of the, of the Colby Covington fight, which took place, I mean, pretty much uh, a, a year ago, a little more than a year ago. Uh, Magny had the right strategy. You have to you have to wrestle Lawler. You have to clinch him often, and you just have to throw more, more strikes than, than Lawler throws. And if you pepper Robbie Lawler, for whatever reason, you know, in his last few fights, he just shuts down. He can't comprehend, you know, several weak punches coming at him. It doesn't, I, I don't know. It just, I, for whatever, for whatever reason, if you throw a volume against Robbie Lawler, you're, you're going to win. Uh, moving on here on the, still on the main event, main card here, excuse me. Uh, Alexa Grasso gets a unanimous decision victory over Ji Yan Kim. Uh, boring fight, not a shocker. Uh, real ones know why it's not a shocker. Um, 
yeah, Jiyeon Kim in no universe deserves to be ranked. Uh, in in North Star Sports, she was not ranked because uh, she's three and two in the UFC with two split decision decision victories, and she's never beat a ranked fighter. So how the hell is she in the rankings? Um, Grasso, we moved her from the strawweight division to the flyweight division because obviously this looks like this is this is a permanent move, and her last fight obviously is here at flyweight. So uh, she was the number eleven strawweight. We move her out of the rankings, which means everybody below her moves up. So Tisha Torres, Hill, Dern, and Marcos move up. Virna Jandarova, Virna Jandarova moves from not ranked to 15. Um, and then she debuts in the flyweight division at number 11. Um, I know she won, and she was just at number 11 in the strawweight division, but they're different divisions. Uh, the, the lower parts of the strawweight division are not very deep. Um, so I, I, you know, she sits right below uh, Amanda Hebas and Macy Barber. Uh, I think that's fair. Um, moving down below her is Andrea Lee, Alexis Davis, Jillian Robertson, and Talia Santos. Uh, Molly McCann moves from 15 to unranked. So uh, tough news for Molly McCann. Uh, moving on here on the main card opener. It was a unanimous decision victory for Ricardo Lamas over Bill Algio. Uh, a lot more competitive than I thought. I picked Lamas to win by first round uh, TKO. I was very impressed. Bill Algio fought a good fight. Very cocky fighter. Uh, Lamas proved he still had it. Um, thankfully for Lamas, uh, this fight was not against Ryan Hall. I think he would have, you know, La- I think Ryan Hall would have taken Lamas's leg back home with him. Uh, to Virginia, that fight would have gone awful. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously he talked about, you know, this is potentially his last fight um, during his post-fight interview. Listen, if it's his last fight, that's one hell of a UFC career, one hell of an MMA career, uh, was a good fighter. Listen, that was a guy who never took an easy fight, even as evident by this fight camp. I mean, fighting Ryan Hall, there's no incentive to fight Ryan Hall. Um you know, obviously, obviously, he faces much lesser, a much lesser opponent in Algio. Um, but yeah, you look at his last few fights. I mean, Jesus, what he fought Calvin Cater, he fought Dennis Bermudez, he fought. Um, fuck, did he fight? No, he didn't fight Zabit. Well, I can pull it up here. But I mean, this is a guy who never took a fight off. Darren Elkins, Mursad Bektich, Josh Emmett, uh, Jason Knight. I mean, you know, he, he never took a fight off. Never took a fight off. Um, you know, a very exciting fighter, win or loss. Um, yeah, and, and, and a good performance. Uh, a clear-cut victory, too. Probably was 1-1 heading into that third round, and Lamas definitely won the third round. So, you know, a clear-cut victory for Ricardo Lamas. And for Bill Algio, I mean, obviously, if he would have came into the UFC in his debut fight and beaten uh, Lamas, you know, a, a mainstay in the featherweight division, that would have been the ideal scenario. Um but, you know, I, I'd say his stock still kind of rises because people are going to remember his name. Uh, it was on the main card, and it, it was uh, it was an admirable performance. He did have him hurt. He, I believe it was the second round with that head kick, or uh, maybe it was a knee. Uh, definitely clipped him. Definitely clipped him, and he's going to be a handful, 6-foot tall, 74-inch reach in the featherweight division. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see him fight again, even though he lost. And, you know, that's really... Like I say, that's really all you can ask, uh, is that people know who the fuck you are. Because if people don't know who you are, you absolutely can't expect them to give a shit. Because 
They don't know who you are, but I think a lot of people will know who Bill Algio is after this performance. Uh, moving on here to the uh, main, or the, the prelim headliner, excuse me, as my computer has a fucking seizure. Um, that's why you never buy HP, folks. Never buy HP, because <laughs> luckily I don't have to worry about any HP fucking sponsorships that I have, and nor would I ever accept one, because HP computers are absolute dog shit, folks. Um, yeah, Impa Kasangane. Kasanganai? Impa Kasanganai. Impa. Uh, he beats Maki Patolo by unanimous decision. Uh, probably could have finished uh, Patolo a couple of times in that fight, uh, but Patolo, Patolo's tough. Hawaiians are fucking tough. They are tough fighters. Uh, it was a great fight. I mean, you know, on paper, uh, you know, this this fight looked like it was going to be a, a knockout finish. Both guys with heavy power. And uh, Kasangane, this is a guy to watch out for. He hits like a fucking ton of bricks. Uh, he kept moving forward. Uh, he is absolutely fucking yoked, uh, but didn't gas out once in that fight. Uh, he he looks like he's fucking chiseled out of stone. Uh, so I'll be I'll be very excited to see what this guy does. And you know, kind of pulling a, a book out of uh, Hamzat Chemayev's playbook. You know, you you win on the contender series, or actually, I don't think Chemayev was on the contender series. But po- point being. You win two fights in rapid succession. So he had the win on the contender series over Anthony Adams on the 11th. 18 days later, gets a win over Patolo. Wouldn't shock me if he tried to turn around maybe in September or October because it didn't seem like he took a ton of damage. Uh, But winning is obviously the most important thing in the UFC, but staying active is a fucking real close second. A real close second. If you don't stay active, that goes with the people knowing who you are. People will forget about you. No matter how big of a star you are, people will forget about you if you don't stay active. And obviously, you know, this fella's very early in his career. Uh, but a, a great start. A great start to his career. Uh, sucks for Maki Patolo. Like I said, after his last fight, uh, this is not a good fighter. Uh, he has power. He'll, he'll win some fights by knockout. But Maki Patolo is not a good fighter. Uh, he has two losses in the month of August. He has lost three of his last four fights in the UFC. His only four fights in the UFC. His only win coming uh, by Charles Bird, who is really not a good UFC fighter. Um, so, I don't know. Wouldn't shock me if Maki Patolo got cut. Uh, he probably won't because he takes fights very often, which is, is something the UFC can work with. But uh, not a guy who I think is ever going to do anything in the UFC. And you know, if they keep signing four to five fighters from the Contender Series every single fucking week and we're only on week four, uh, yeah, I'd be very scared if I was Maki Patolo when I was three and four in the UF, or excuse me, one and three in the UFC through four outings. I'd be very scared about my job if I was the Hawaiian known as Coconut Bombs. But luckily we picked this fight correct because uh, we picked Impa. And, uh, you know, that's why you got to tune into the preview show because, you know, we're we're back on track with our picks. We are hot as fuck on, with our picks. Uh, also on the prelims, it was unanimous decision victory for Zach Cummings over Alessio DiCarico. Um, good fight back and forth, almost entirely on the feet. Uh, again, pick this one correct. Cummings hits really fucking hard. Hits really hard. That final head kick with one second left in the third round, uh, yeah, if that was 
four seconds earlier, that sh- would have been a KO. Uh, he had he had DiCarico wobbled bad, wobbled bad. Cummings hits really hard, and like I said, Cummings is a really underrated fighter. He's a massive fighter at 185. Uh, doesn't look like it; just kind of looks like some bald hillbilly. But uh, like I said, when you go back and look at his record, dude, he he has a lot of wins in the UFC, surprisingly. And uh, yeah, he he'll kind of lose some fights to some tough fighters. But not after not after he wins two or three in a row, so he never never really has lost uh, back. Well, j- never lost back to back in the UFC. That's just a fact, um, you know. But goes on these short winning streaks, followed by you know tough tough losses like the, a Gunnar Nelson and a Santiago Ponzinibbio. You know, really high level guys. Omari Akhmedov. That, you know, that's a, that's a tough fight. Uh, but a great performance by Cummings. And again, uh, like I said on the preview show. And like I just said a minute ago, because they're signing so many fighters from the Contender Series, <coughs> excuse me, uh, because they're signing so many fighters from the Contender Series, you really got to watch out uh, being on losing streaks and, and you know, not being in the good graces of the UFC. And, uh, you know, D. Carico, this guy easily could be cut by the UFC. He's on a three-fight losing streak. Uh, he's two and, actually, he's three and four. Uh, th- oh, no, 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 three and five, excuse me, three and five in the UFC. Uh, he probably will be cut, probably will be cut, uh, you know what I mean? And, and it's, you know, that's kind of the brilliance about signing contender series guys is it's not even just signing guys and hoping that they'll be good. No, oftentimes they're going to be ranked very quickly. Like that's, that's really the brilliant part of the contender series is not only does it get you fighters into the UFC, but it actually gets really, really good fighters in the UFC. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they'll hes- hesitate at all to cut D. Carrico. Uh, moving on here, still on the prelims, we had a win uh, by Alex Caceres via a rear naked choke over Austin Springer. Uh, not a lot to say on this one. Austin Springer missed weight by five pounds, which is rather significant, uh, although it was, I think, on like two days' notice. So, I mean, you know, fair enough. He'll be cut from the UFC, I can guarantee that much. Good win for Caceres. Again, don't know what it means because Caceres is a weird guy when you look at his career, and I never really know what to make of his career. It's it's just, it's weird. It's a weird one. Not a whole lot to say on Mr. Caceres. Uh, moving on, uh, Sean Brady defeats Christian Aguilera via submission by guillotine choke. Uh, good performance for the undefeated fighter from Philadelphia. Um, I don't know. I didn't really see a whole lot. I mean, I, I watched the fight, but... It, it, not a whole lot stands out to me. Uh, he has a hell of a choke, so that's that's definitely something I'll, I'll remember. Uh, he's a big guy. He has bad tattoos, but I, I don't have a whole lot to say, nor do I know really what a win over Christian Aguilera does for you. Um, I would I would like to see a significant step up in competition for Sean Brady because I do think he is a pretty good fighter. Um, and he's now 3-0 and in the UFC, so... Uh, I, I think we know that this guy can win in the UFC. I'd like to see him fight somebody, uh, probably not ranked at this point, but maybe somebody, maybe somebody who's not that they, not that they keep rankings for unranked fighters, but maybe somebody 16 through 25. I think that would be fair for uh, Sean Brady, it's, and you know that's really a step up as well because uh, you know this is welterweight, so that's you know this is a really deep division. So there's plenty of unranked fighters um, who are very, very tough. They, they, they're just in the wrong division. 
Um, and you know what? Fuck it. I'll even throw out a name for you right here. I want Sean Brady in his next fight, because I got I got one off the top of my head. Alessio Zaleski dos Santos. Alessio Zaleski dos Santos. That's who I want him to fight next. I think that would be a fucking great fight for both fighters. That'd be a very very interesting fight on the feet. Uh, dos Santos is one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC. Um, but he's he's lost I think two of his last three, or maybe he's on a two fight losing streak. Um, obviously the good fighters like a Muslim Salikov who we have ranked. Um, but I think that would be an awesome fight. Uh, moving on here, uh, second fight on the prelims, Pollyanna Viana beats Emily Whitmire by, uh, submission due to an arm bar. Um, nothing to say on this fight. It was just a really quick arm bar. Good win for Viana, clean, not a lot of damage. Hopefully she can turn around and try to fight, um, you know, in the next maybe month or so. Uh, somebody who certainly needs all the wins in the UFC that she can get because she just broke a three-fight losing streak. Um, and her only other win in the UFC was versus Maya Stevenson, Maya Stevenson uh, which is a really bad win because uh, uh, Maya Stevenson has uh, six victories, like we said on the preview show, and I, uh, all of her six victories come against fighters who do not have a professional win. Um, so... I think we all know how she got into the UFC. If if you know if you know anything about her, uh, her marriage uh, to uh, Joe Daddy Stevenson. Um, but you know, connections will help you. Connections will help you in every aspect of life. That is a fact. Um, and then uh, one final fight here to recap. It was the uh, prelim opener. It was a fight between Mallory Martin and Hannah Cyphers. Uh, actually, a, <clears throat> excuse me. Actually, a really interesting fight. Uh, Cyphers nearly had Martin finished uh, several times, was hitting her, uh, you know, with some bombs. Uh, but Martin uh, closed her guard when it was on the ground and kind of skated uh, to the first bell and then came back. And, uh, you know, Cyphers was still winning the early parts of, of that second round. But, uh, you know, the fight only lasted about 90, 93 seconds into the second round. And, went to the ground and Martin choked her out. Uh, a great performance, $50,000 performance by Mallory Martin. Um, like I said, she's a very legitimate prospect. I mean, six and three record coming into the, into this fight was not super amazing, but again, you got to kind of throw records out of the book, uh, when we're talking about, you know, women's straw weight and, and, and well, really any women's division in the UFC, just cause it's, these divisions are new. They're, you know, they're newer divisions. They're not as established as the men's divisions, which have been around for 25 years. Uh, but someone who came from Invicta, the Contender Series, LFA, all, <clears throat> you know, amazing breeding grounds for fighters. Uh, just the, the, the chin, the want to is there. A very, a signature performance from Mallory Martin. Um, tough loss for, for Hannah Cyphers. Uh, needs to be cut from the UFC. Just not a very good fighter. Also missed weight, which is not good. Uh, but she's on a four-fight losing streak, all in 2020. So that makes four. That that has to be a record. I couldn't find it. I tried to research it, but I'm not going to waste my time because I really don't give a shit either way. Uh, but that has to be a record. Four UFC losses in eight months, all and all by finishes. It's not like Cyphers is losing decisions. Nope, she's been finished in her last four fights. Needs to be cut immediately. Not a UFC fighter. Maybe if she can go to Invicta and get some wins and get better as a mixed martial artist then I'd be happy to bring her back, but just absolutely, absolutely not a UFC fighter. Just cannot win in this organization. 
Um, sorry, but not sorry. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. Hopefully, she doesn't have another fight in the UFC because it sounds really mean when I talk about Hannah Cyphers, but I'm not trying to be mean at all. I'm just trying to be honest, brutally honest. She's not that good, but uh, I, I hate being a dick. I hate being perceived as a dick, but uh, that's just my feelings on it. So hopefully, she doesn't have another fight in the UFC so I never have to talk about her and, uh, you know, appear negative because I'm a very positive guy. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it was, it was, honestly, I was, I was surprised, you know, it, it really lived up to expectations, this fight card, uh, it really sucked, really sucks that, um, Iwan Kutalaba and Ankalaev couldn't fight, um, like I, like I said even before this, we don't need them to fight again, please, for the love of fucking God, don't book them again, nobody gives a shit about them fighting anyway, uh, yeah, the, the last time they fought, it, there were some wacky circumstances, yeah, wacky circumstances don't mean we have to run it back. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, you know what I mean? Will it be a great fight? Yeah, probably. But do we need to hold up that fight for, you know, fucking nine months to see it? No, I don't care. Just get them different get them different opponents. Nobody nobody cares. It's a lower level Ferguson and Khabib type of curse um, on that fight. Um, but yeah, there was, you know, listen, we're coming off of a fight card with Munoz and Edgar where they were the only two fighters who were ranked of anybody on the card. The main card of this fight card, uh, four of the five fights... Uh, oh, actually, no. Three of the five had ranked fighters, and uh, they were supposed to all have ranked fighters for each of the five fights uh, because Lamas was supposed to take on Ryan Hall, who was ranked, and uh, Ankalaev is ranked. Um, you know, so it, it was kind of a low-key stacked card. Kind of fell off the rails a little bit because Kutalaba tested positive for COVID for the second time in August. So that guy is... I, I could have told you that guy's not very smart, but, you know, damn, that guy's really not that smart. Uh, it's called not licking door handles. Hey, Iwan Kutalaba, do you want to fight Megamed and Kalaev in September? Okay, awesome. Hey, how about we don't lick doorknobs? How about we don't go around to grocery stores and, and retail stores and lick doorknobs? And uh, you're, you're not going to catch the Rona, buddy. You've already caught in it three times. Hey, how about you don't let random strangers, like, spit in your mouth? Like, how do you get the coronavirus two times in, in fucking two weeks? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Hey, how about you just... We'll, we'll wait for you. We'll, we'll wait. We'll pay for both you guys to stay in Las Vegas and just rebook this fight two weeks from now so you can uh, stay, you know become clear uh yeah dude stay fucking indoors you fucking donut uh but yeah that that's god that's interesting um yeah so that's pretty much all i gotta say i mean looking forward uh for the week um i don't know if we'll have a show on thursday because i'll be busy uh with town square um as i just punch the shit out of my fucking mic uh, yeah, so I don't think we'll have a show on on Thursday, but luckily we're doing a show today on Sunday, so we'll still try to have five throughout the week. Uh, preview show probably on Wednesday. Uh, actually, fuck it, we might have a show on Thursday because I like doing the preview show on Thursday because I feel like that's not too early in the week, but it's still early enough for people to, to digest uh, the content. I don't like doing previews on a Friday just because, you know, it's less than 24 hours for people to uh, digest what I'm putting out there, which... You know, it's high-level stuff. It's high-level stuff. I want people to really, you know, marinate in my commentary. 
Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have a show tomorrow. Don't know what it'll be. Uh, don't know what any of the shows this week will be other than the preview of uh, UFC Fight Night Overeem versus Sakai. Um, I'm, I assume we'll talk about uh, probably some NBA talkers tomorrow. Uh, we're getting closer to the end of some of these first round uh, series in the NBA. Um, oh, I know. Tomorrow we'll probably talk about Yannick Ngakwe getting traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe we'll preview the Vikings season. Uh, still trying to get the Hoover man on the show uh, to do that Packers preview, but I don't exactly know when that's going to take place. Um, and then probably some UFC talkers. I assume there will be some news in the UFC at some point that we'll talk about. Um, it's probably just some assorted general news shows. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So we'll wrap it up here. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow the mailman on Twitter at Owen the Mailman. Northstar Sports on Twitter at Northstar MIN. You got to check out our website at NorthstarSports.media. Check out our updated UFC rankings. A lot of changes for a fight night in the rankings. Uh, and thanks for tuning in, everybody.